the vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to The Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're listening live, you're going to be really excited because we've got one of our all-time favorite guests back who's talking about something that, that relates to so many people, something that was kept in the closet for lo- so long and thought of as woo-woo. Now there's scientific evidence, and she is here to support you. But before we get into that, I want to say hello to the man behind the technology, Mr. Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Hey there, Christine. How's uh, How are things in your world, or neck of the woods, I should say, huh? They're fine. They're, they're, you know, a little cloudy and rainy, yeah. but it is October in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. Those fall colors are surely coming in nice. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yes, I, I love having change of seasons. It's, uh, you know, I, I think that places like Hawaii are beautiful, but I think that I would really miss seeing mm-hmm. the autumn colors and feeling the crisp coldness of winter. And then, you know, to have the, the cycle start over again in spring and summer. Yeah, this, um, what was it, a few years ago, I don't know, I might have mentioned this before, my mom traveled to the East Coast and went to, like, Vermont, New Hampshire, and she said it's just a complete 180 on the colors there, but yet it's very similar, you know, in the same sense. But yeah. as far as they change, and it's just for miles and miles, and of course she's commenting from the plane when she was flying in, so it's, Yeah, uh, it, it is yeah. incredible. I've I lived in the Boston area for mm-hmm. a number of years, right. so, yeah. You know, Benny, I'm really excited about our guest today. Um, we have Dr. Judith Orloff, and she is going to be talking about, if you're a sensitive person or an empath, how you can thrive. She is a New York Times bestselling author of the Empath Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People, Thriving as an Empath, Emotional Freedom, and other books as well. She's a psychiatrist, an empath, an intuitive healer, She's on the UCLA, UCLA Psychiatric Clinical Faculty, um, and she combines traditional medicine with cutting-edge knowledge of intuition, energy, and spirituality. She also has a private practice where she specializes in dealing with people who are empaths or sensitive people, and she's been featured all over. Oh, my goodness, over the last couple of years, she has been so hot. She's been on the Today Show, CNN, in Oprah Magazine, in the New York Times, and in USA Today. And she's coming to Seattle. We'll talk about that in a little while. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Dr. Judith Orloff. Hi, Judith. Hi. It's great to be on your show. It's so great to have you back. And you know, Judith, um, the last time you were on, it was a couple of years ago, and you had just come out with your first book on empaths. And it was interesting because I know that um, the publisher was having a hard time keeping up with demand for printing books. Um, It was kind of like you opened the floodgate for the conversation about empaths and sensitive people. Um, Has it surprised you, the the response that you got? Uh, It surprised and thrilled me. Uh, Uh When I first, uh, I'm on a book tour for my second book about empaths called Thriving as an Empath, which is a a book of self-care strategies for empaths that goes along with the Empath Survival Guide. Right. Um, But when I first uh, was thinking of the title for the Empath Survival Guide, I was a little wary of using the word empath because uh-huh. I didn't think anyone would know what it was. And, you know, with the help of my publisher and, and you know, good advice, I kept the, the word in the title. Um, I was going to use sensitive people, but, you know, empaths have just blossomed, you know, into the zeitgeist. They're everywhere. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me saying, I'm so thrilled. I'm an empath. I'm, it is so liberating for me. I didn't know what I was. I thought I was, you know, weird or strange or depressed uh-huh. or anxious, but I'm really an empath. Yeah. And, and I know that in your um, first book on empaths, you go through and you have 
sort of a list of, I think it's 17 identifying questions to, to um, figure out if you're an empath or not. But for our listeners, can you just share, uh, first of all, what an empath is and, and how that might be different from what you also term a sensitive person? Yes, well, an empath is somebody who's extremely sensitive, and they often become an emotional sponge so that they're so sensitive they take on the emotions or even the physical symptoms of other people into their bodies. So that sponge-like quality differentiates them from regular empathy or even highly sensitive people. As empaths often have the traits of highly sensitive people, um, sensitivity to noise, sound, smell, touch, but highly sensitive people don't necessarily absorb like empaths do. Interesting. So um, what makes living in the world different for an empath? Well, empaths thrive on self-care strategies. Um, oftentimes, as a psychiatrist, I get referred people who are really empaths, but they have other diagnoses, such as depression or anxiety or chronic fatigue. But once somebody identifies that you're an empath and that you tend to take on energy in this way, you could practice mm-hmm. self-care, everything from setting boundaries to saying no to practicing energetic shielding to going out in nature. There's so many things you can do to center yourself and let go of energy you've absorbed. Mm-hmm. So um, you're talking about being diagnosed as an empath. Are, are there physiological differences that have been identified scientifically? Uh, yes, I go through that in the book, and it's really fascinating because the mirror neuron system, which is the compassion uh, neuronal system in the brain, is thought to be hyperactive in empaths, meaning it's overworking. You're compassionate for everybody and everything all the time. And so it can lead to compassion fatigue, um, and that's why it's important to learn how to set healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that in your, your latest book, it's, um, I think coming out on the 22nd, is that right? It's, yes, it's, it's coming out release. soon. Yeah, yeah. I know that I, I, I think I ordered it um, a couple of months ago when I saw that it was coming out. But... Um, You've got things broken up in terms of, of self-care, 365 days of it. Why did you create that structure for this book? Well, I wanted this to be a companion to the Empath Survival Guide. It's called Thriving as an Empath. And I wanted to offer self-care techniques for each day of the year so that empaths and sensitive people can turn to something easily and have something to work with. Now, if you've absorbed the energy of of someone else, go to that day. How do I release that energy? Um, Mm -hmm. How do I become centered? How do I reduce sensory overload? Each day is devoted to a different strategy. So it's easy. Yeah. And I think about, um, first of all, what a normal person is probably experiencing right now. I'm thinking particularly within the context of the United States here, but also globally with the, with some of the things that are going on, if we are paying attention to the events of the world, for the normal person who doesn't have that kind of absorption, how it's pretty overwhelming as it is. Um, what's happening to empaths right now, given what's, what's going on in our political world? Yes, there's so much stress coming at us and so much strangeness you know, and so much lack of empathy and weird behavior and lack of care for our fellow humans and the earth, that it's all of that and more is overwhelming to empaths. And so I have patients coming in exhausted or negative or depressed, and they don't know how to deal with the enormity, you know, of the the challenges that are coming at us. That's why we need self-care more than ever. important to know that as an empath, you can grow larger than any of this. And you can use all the self-care techniques I talk about in thriving as the empath and Uh stay centered through the midst of this storm. Not only stay centered, but become empowered. And that's what I want to teach people. I'm just about to go on a book tour. I'm going to be in Seattle um, in November. And I want to teach people how to do this. 
because it's more important than ever that you take responsibility for your empowerment as an empath and not just get knocked down by the intensities of the energies around us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go to a, a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to want you to share with our listeners um, how we can determine as an empath if we um, aren't protecting ourselves and some of your strategies for helping an empath thrive. Uh, We'll be right back in just a few moments with Dr. Judith Orloff. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, today we are talking with Dr. Judith Orloff, the author of several books, and her latest that's coming out in just a few days is Thriving as an Empath, 365 Days of Self-Care for Sensitive People. Now, Judith, um, I, I know in your first book on empath, you're very thorough about um, an, like what how, how an empath is defined and what empath gifts are and what their vulnerabilities are. Can you just share with our listeners a brief summary of, of gifts versus weaknesses, strengths versus vulnerabilities? I'm so glad you asked me that. Um, I'm an empath and I'm a psychiatrist, so I combine my psychiatric uh, techniques along with being an empath. And the gift of being an empath, which I use in my practice in my life, you know, are 
deep understanding of, of humanity and a ability to connect with another person and their experience um, so you can have compassion for it. And that's so important in your life and certainly is my role as a therapist. And the gift of creativity, the gift of tuning into nature, the gift of intuition, you know, being able to sense with your gut feeling and your body um, what's going on in other people, um, and just the ability to connect to nature and know the secrets of the universe and just empaths go deep. They really run deep. And they're incredible friends, incredible lovers, incredible people to have in your life. Um, and so, and, and, and I believe that em- empathy is the trait that will save the world. And there's a saying in the Bible, the meek will inherit the earth. And that's translated to the sensitive will inherit the earth. Because mm-hmm. only, you know, the sensitive are good stewards of the earth because they could feel it and know that it's not something separate from us. Right. And that's so essential. So those seem like wonderful strengths. Where do the weaknesses or vulnerabilities um, fall for empaths? The vulnerabilities come when you give too much, you have compassion burnout, you feel overwhelmed and you don't don't take alone time. Um, Empaths need to be very accountable for their own energy level. Mm -hmm. And empaths need to listen to their own bodies. And as we were talking about, what's going on in the world is just too much now. You know, it's just insanely too much, but it is what it is, so we have to deal with it. And we must rise up for all the light workers out there and all the people who've been doing all the spiritual work, and even those them, those who are new to the path, this is the point. You know, we must learn to stay strong. Our light is so much stronger than all the stuff coming at us. Right. You have to really know that, and you're being put to the test now, all you empaths, about how do you protect your energy. That's why I wrote this book on self-care. How do you protect your energy when you start absorbing it? You know, how do you immediately breathe it out? What is, what's the proper philosophy to have to survive and thrive in this world? Mm-hmm. What you, what you want to do is rise above this darkness and not let it take you down. That's the big fight in all the movies about light versus darkness. You know, it's uh-huh. happening now. And you have the power just simply by taking care of yourself. Take that alone time during the day. Don't keep going, going, going all day. That's a formula for defeat. You will get tired. You will get exhausted. You might get depressed. But if you take time out and take your alone time, meditate, shut off the world for a while, be with your own energy, that can make a huge difference. So I think about, um, I, I know one empath in particular who's, who gets overwhelmed. What he does is he just he shuts down. Um, is that what you're talking about, or are there other ways to sort of Stay in that place of openness, but but also have boundaries. Yes, it's important for empaths to have the self-care technique of boundaries, learning that no is a complete sentence, that you uh-huh. can say no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too tired to go out today or tonight. I'm going to stay home and take a bath. Right. And be able to meditate. Meditation is one of my most powerful tools where no matter how off-center I feel. If I sit in front of my sacred space, I put my hands together, I put my hand on my heart and practice the heart meditation that I talk about in the book, it gets me back to myself again. And empaths need to have that experience of coming back to their own center. Otherwise, you'll be too dispersed and scattered. It's very important to practice, practice, practice. And the heart meditation is only a three-minute heart meditation so it's short so how do you come back to yourself that's what this book on self-care strategies is about how to come back to yourself and get really strong that way these are the internal muscles of an empath you know rather than just being thrown off by everything and then getting overloaded right right so i i know that um many of us here empaths tend to want to withdraw from the world I think that one of the biggest challenges is figuring out how to share our gifts in the world 
and how to take action in various ways, that, that outward movement of energy, and yet stay sane. Um, so are there, like, when we're out in the world, are there self-care techniques in the moment that we can utilize before we ever get home and be able to meditate or, 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 or do one of these things that are, can be defined, well-defined within our home? Right. Well, empaths often tend to feel everybody's pain. So you uh-huh. can do experiments where you can go to the market and there are people there, and instead of looking deep into their eyes or tuning into their energy, you learn to stay in your own lane. You learn to mm-hmm. keep your energy centered in yourself. You know it's none of your business to get involved with all these people and what they're going through in the market because that's uh-huh. your place to be mindful and, and food, which is such a sacred exercise. And so you have to kind of control where your eyes go, where your energy goes. Because empaths are just very curious about other people, so they're always inadvertently tuning into them. And uh-huh. that's really not, none of your business. You need to keep your eyes on yourself. If you're helping a friend, that's different. You know, if you're, you know, but just going out in the world and being zapped by all the energies there, it's not feasible to stay strong and do that. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible for us to come from a place of observation so that we can actually see and, and momentarily experience somebody else's energy without taking it on? Well, yeah, sure you could, but it's really none of your business. You know, you, people need to go through whatever they're going through, and they don't mm-hmm. like you tuning in. It's an invasion uh-huh. of their privacy. And so I encourage people not to do that. I know how curious, just from your question, you're curious about their energy. But there'll be plenty of people for you to tune into, Christine. You know, where where is your business? And and I I think about, um, you know, as a professional healer, um, and I know that you as a psychiatrist who's also a healer, there, there are many people who are listening right now who probably have some sort of service job where it is useful to tune in how do we do that um and and but also keep our boundaries so we don't absorb that person's energy yes that's a great question well there's a a section you know for healthcare practitioners and those in service professions in the book uh, because in those situations the people come to you for help it is appropriate to tune in but mm-hmm. you have to realize that your job is not to take on their pain. That isn't mm-hmm. your job. Your job is to hold the space for them so that they right. could work through their issues and you could offer whatever wise guidance you have, but your job isn't to take it on. Mm-hmm. And, and if you notice you're taking it on, most likely your emotional triggers are being ignited there. You know, And right. that if you, let's say, take on somebody's depression, Maybe yep. you have a, some issues about depression in yourself that need to be cleared a little bit. And that's how I look at it. When I get triggered by a patient and I start to get drained, and that's my work. Because uh-huh. I find that's when you great. work with emotional triggers and you clear them even a bit, then it's not like you're nice in the stomach every time it happens. Uh-huh. And, and, and I love that point that it, it relates to our emotional triggers. And I also think that many of us who who been working in that realm um, have or or can be have a tendency to be kind of codependent like wanting to fix it for somebody and I think about how disempowering it is if we think we have need to take on that person's pain or fix it for them what then what we're communicating either on a an outward or an energetic level is we don't trust that they have the ability to do it themselves which is really disempowering that's True, and it also communicates we're, we can't tolerate the level of pain they're in because it's too much for us. And, uh-huh. you know, which may be true. You know, it may be too much for you, and that's fine. You know, uh-huh. but it's good to set your boundaries if, it, if it's too much. But it's, it's so important to, to know that as an empath, you need to be of service to others in the appropriate situation. But going down the aisle in the market or being in the gas station, you know, or wherever in the airport, if somebody comes up to you and starts telling you their stories, their personal stories, which happens to me, I say, no, this is my personal time. 
you know, I want to be, I'd like to be silent now. Thank you for understanding. I, I cut them off. And that's very hard for empaths to do because they think it's impolite. But if you do it with a loving tone and you do it short and sweet, they don't, you know, well, they just go along with it. They go, oh, okay. You know, yeah. but it's important to speak up and set your boundaries. In thriving as an empath, I have a number of exercises on how to set different kinds of boundaries. What to say, what tone to have, the energy, the correct energy so people can hear you. So it's important to practice. I have my patients go to, let's say, one day in the book, let's say, you know, today, you know, in October, and then practice that self-care strategy all day long. And just practice, see where you're weak in it, see where you're strong, see if you're hesitant to say no because you're afraid of rejection. Then you get to, you know, have the wonderful experience of dealing with your fear of rejection. And I need that seriously. You have right. to work with these things because if you're afraid of rejection in your life, that's going to stop you from connecting to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is great. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of these tools, um, how we can avoid absorbing what's going on in the world. And also, we're going to be talking about Dr. Judith Orloff's event in Seattle. Uh, stay tuned for more in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms. It's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change.
Welcome back to the Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. And after the fact, on ChristineUptrich.com and dozens of podcasts. Um, I'm so grateful today to have a wonderful guest back with a brand new book, Dr. Judith Orloff. Uh, she's the author of several books, including The Empath Survival Guide, which sort of put empath on the front page of, of uh, newspapers and magazines and made it into the mainstream. And now she's got a book out called Thriving as an Empath. 365 Days of Self-Care for Sensitive People. Now, Judith, during the break, we started talking about this relationship with, between empaths and narcissists, this dysfunction that I know you talked about in your first book. I know you've, you've written articles about it and you've talked about it online. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about you know, why there's a symbiotic relationship between the two? Yes, there's a toxic relationship and attraction between empaths and narcissists. And in Thriving as an Empath, I devoted a few days of the year simply to learning how to identify narcissists and strategies to use not to let them drain your energy or get involved with them or learning how to set limits with them. And the reason there's such a toxic attraction is that empaths love to help heal, support, and narcissists love all of that they love they want to be the center of attention they Uh want to be me 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 and they as a full-blown narcissist have empathy deficient disorder meaning that they don't have the empathy to to love you or care really about what you're feeling and that's so hard for empaths to get that's the first lesson is to meditate on that somebody who doesn't have the neurological wiring to care about what you're feeling, no matter what they say in the beginning. Yes, and I think that's the really confusing part, Judith, that narcissists will often seem perfect in the beginning. They'll appear to have empathy. They'll appear to care deeply. And then as we start to move forward in the relationship, it can be kind of um, really perplexing because something just isn't quite right. How, how does an empath kind of navigate that and identify somebody earlier rather than later as a narcissist? Well, you're aware of how, how seductive and charismatic they are. That's often a sign. It's not mm-hmm. always a sign they're a narcissist, but it's a red flag. You know, if you have lightning strikes, you know, with the person, and if you feel, oh, my God, this is the one, they're perfect, be suspicious. Um, it may be the one, but the only way you're going to know it's the one is over time. And also, if you suspect they're a narcissist, one of the techniques in the book is provoke a conflict. You know, just oh. don't do things their way in the beginning. Just pick one thing. Just don't be available one night and uh-huh. see how they deal with it, because they do not deal with that well. That's when they start showing their colors and they become cold, withholding, punishing, start gaslighting you, you know, saying that you're, you know, there's something wrong with you for not being able to go out tonight, you know, what's mm-hmm. happening, you know, that right. kind of crazy-making communication, crazy-making. Mm-hmm. So you use the, the G word, gaslighting, and I know that that is in the pump, public realm a lot right now. What exactly is gaslighting, and what is its purpose? Well, gaslighting is a technique that narcissists use to have power over you. And what they do, it's like the old movie Gaslighting, where they drove her crazy by giving her all this false input about her reality, you know. And so it's uh, gaslighting is just making you not believe in yourself. It's defining some alternate reality as the uh-huh. truth that has nothing to do with your truth, but because you, you lose faith in yourself, you believe their truth, and you think there's something wrong with you. So if ever that happens, if anybody questions your reality, be suspicious. You are entitled to how you view things. I value your opinions. I value your take on energy. I value you. I'm not going to tell you you don't feel that way or that it's wrong to feel that way. So uh-huh. be very aware if anybody tries to do that with you. And then go to the section in the book on how to combat narcissists. So that you have a game plan. You don't want to do this in the moment. And, and the good news about narcissists is that it's all predictable. You know, they all do the same thing. So that's very nice, isn't it? So it's, it's uh, kind of 
they're predictable. That's you have to look for the good part. And then once they're predictable, you can say, all right, I'm going to look for the signs uh-huh. and I'm going to provoke a conflict early on. That's my self-care technique. I'm going to yeah. check out this person and see how they deal with conflict. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And whether they're demeaning or manipulative. And, yeah, that, that, that's a great approach. And I wouldn't think of that as a normal self-care technique, but it, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Okay, so... I think about what's going on politically here in the United States, and many people have talked about how we're sort of in this relationship on a global level, on a on a on a you know larger level, with a narcissist who's gaslighting. What's going on on the collective basis, and how do we thrive in the midst of this? Yes, there's a collective challenge, isn't there? You know, the oh. collective challenge of narcissism everywhere. You know, this is this is the Earth's wake-up call to what is a narcissist? How do they behave? We have so many great examples, don't we, you know, in the we world do. stage? Yes. Where, you know, you see their gaslighting techniques, you see their lack of empathy, you see their blaming. Narcissists always blame other people. That's a mm-hmm. signature of a narcissists they don't own their own stuff ever if you ever you know come into contact with someone who doesn't own their own partner relationship just think they might be narcissistic you know if they deflect the blame to you if they make it sound like it's everything is your fault Mm -hmm. that's why that's why narcissists don't do well in psychotherapy because if i have someone come in and brings their narcissistic partner in they're going to say it's your fault they will never say, oh, you know, I really see how I contributed to that. You know, never, never, you know, with a full-blown narcissist. If somebody has narcissistic traits, that's possible to work with. I just want to be clear. Uh-huh. But the full-blown narcissist who gaslights and cold withholding and punishing, manipulative, all that, they don't, you know, they, they don't have the same capabilities, human capabilities that others have. And I think that that's a really important point that you just made about, I, I think that of, of empaths and I think of, of people who are carrying healers of one sort or another who want to help an empath change. So what you're, I mean, I'm, help a, a narcissist change. But what you're saying is a true narcissist is not likely to change. No, not really. And that's so hard for empaths to get because they feel they're loving, they're compassionate, they have big hearts. They think with my love, with enough time, with enough loving, tender, loving care, they're going to come around. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to happen. I'm so sorry to tell you that the full-blown narcissist, uh-huh. you have to really have a good diagnostician here, you know, in terms of a full-blown narcissist versus somebody who's a little self-absorbed, somebody who doesn't know how to give but can learn, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. That's different. But, you know, I want you to know the difference. In the book, I talk about full-blown narcissists and those with narcissistic traits and how you have to deal with those differently. Mm-hmm. But if, you're, if you are in a relationship with a full-blown narcissist, you either have to lower your expectations if you want to stay in it and find your love and nurturing elsewhere, because mm-hmm. they do have some good points. They're often intelligent, charming, right. very, very social. You know, I'm not saying they have bad points. If they did, it would make it easier to not deal with them. You know, yeah. if they were all bad, but they're so charming. And if you leave them, they're going to turn up that charm and they're going to be able to say everything you want to hear mm-hmm. to reel you back in. So right. just know that it's part of your self-care to pay attention to your relationship. In this book, you could memorize the section, you know, on self-care for narcissists, dealing with narcissists. And you need to enact it in your life, even if there's a part of you that doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. If there's a part of you that might resist and say, oh, no, you know, that person is going to change. I just know it. And I've mm-hmm. seen so many of my patients, you know, donate 10, 20, 30 years of their life to this endeavor. Mm-hmm. It takes a really long time to get out sometimes. But I'm just warning everybody. So in 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 turn, just try these self-care techniques and thriving as an empath with regard to narcissists, with regard to your energy level, with regard to choosing positive people, and make it a conscious endeavor. That's why I wrote the book, to make self-care conscious. 
so that you can take responsibility for your own body and your own mind and spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so important. Um, we're going to go to another break, but when we return, Judith, I'm going to have you share with our listeners about your upcoming events. I'm really excited about your book launch, and I'm very excited, and I'm sure our listeners are too, that you are coming to Seattle. Stay tuned for more here in just a few moments on The Christine Upchurch Show. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, Judith, before this hour is completely gone, um, I want to make sure our listeners know, first of all, how can they connect with you and something about your upcoming events, because I know that you're going on a book tour. I am, and I'll be in Seattle on November 14th at East West Books at 7 p.m., So I invite everyone in the Seattle area to come, and we can have more of this dialogue about self-care for empaths. And you can network with other empaths, which is what I love about these events, is this chance to meet other people like you who get you. Yeah. And I know that when I came to your event at East West Bookshop with your first book on empaths, it was almost like there was this sense of um, relief in the room. Like you're, you're... you're so great at articulating about what it means to be an empath and what some of the challenges are. And there was just this sense that, oh, there are others like me. And, and there's Dr. Orloff talking about it and defining it. And there are other people sitting next to me who are also identifying as that. And that, that, that sense of just the, that energetic community, it was kind of like there was this big sigh of relief among people. And I know that the last time you were in Seattle, um, not only was your book selling out and the publisher was having a hard time keeping up with the demand, but 
your event in Seattle sold out as well. So I encourage people to go to eastwestbookshop.com to get tickets early. Of course, you can find um, it the the link to Dr. to her event at drjudithforloff.com. So tell me, what other events do you have coming up on your book tour? I'll be in Los Angeles November 2nd at Mystic Journey's Crystal Gallery, which is a gallery full of life-size crystals that are just huge, where I'll be speaking about the book there. That's November 2nd at 3 p.m. And I'll also be in Portland uh, the day before Seattle. um, I think it's on the 12th, two days before Seattle, November 12th. I'll be at Renaissance Books in Portland for those of you there. And that's a great bookstore as well, and it's, um, I know that there, you know, we've got listeners from all over the world and from all over the country, so if you're down in, in the Portland area, down in the L.A. area, make sure to check out those events. And, of course, in Seattle, you guys don't want to miss it. All right, Judith, I know that you've got so many wonderful tools and techniques for self-care, and I really appreciate your not only helping to define the challenges of empath, but you're providing us with, um, you know, with, with tools that can help us thrive. You talk a lot about journaling. What is it about journaling that's important for, as self-care for an empath? Well, I'm a big believer in journaling. And in fact, I've created the Empath Empowerment Journal, Your Self-Care Companion, as a companion to thriving as an empath, it's an opportunity to journal about some of the topics that you read about about self-care in thriving as an empath. You know, how do you stop absorbing other people's energy? Write five ways. You know, how do I center myself around an energy vampire? Um, mm. What are the challenges of being an empath? You could write, write, write. What are the solutions? Write, write, write. How can I practice self-love? This journal is your private journal. It's not for anybody else to look at. It's your safe place to be. And if you really want to integrate the empath material, journaling is the way to do that. It's called the Empath Empowerment Journal. I'm sure there will be copies at East-West in Seattle when I'm there, but there's also available on Amazon or on my website, drjudithorlap.com. Yeah. And um, by the way, folks, I know that the book's not out yet, but... You know, I, I ordered my book months in advance on Amazon. You can certainly put in your order and then have it, you know, delivered right as it's released. I think the release date is October 22nd. Is that right, Judith? Yes, in a couple of days. I'm so excited. Wow. I know. I can't. I still have getting over the fact that it's October now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, the time is flying by. Okay. It is. So, more reason to practice self-care. Yeah, yeah. So... As empaths move forward, do you see us as having an important role in the transformation of the planet? I see empaths as being the critical factor in transforming the the planet. I mean, I feel that strongly about it. As empaths have the intuition, the heart, the intelligence, and the depth to take care of everything. They just need to learn the self-care so they're not drained or blown away. That's the missing piece. But empaths are the most beautiful people in the world and sensitive people and people with empathy. You don't have to be an empath. If you have empathy, you're part of the most beautiful people in the world, and I love you and I appreciate you, and I hope you appreciate yourself because it's precious. You don't need to be this ambitious, you know, person making all this money at this point. You don't. You need to be a loving, empathic person who's able to take care of yourself, but Whose, whose values are very clear and good. And you want to be that person and be proud of it and have your values in line with what's happening with the planet now. And we need you more than ever. We need you not to be drained or overloaded. And so that's why I help thriving as an empath will help you with your self-care so that you will have the strength and the clarity and the passion to be beautiful light in this universe. Do you feel that empaths can become empowered enough to have power in the in the worldly sense? Absolutely. If you feel drawn to, in a worldly sense, I'm out in the world, 
Um, not all the time, because I have to balance it. I like my solitude, and I have periods, you know, where I'm inward. But, yes, if you feel drawn to be out in the world in whatever capacity, in business and teaching and health care and child care and parenting is out in the world, you know, you, you do it from a centered place. You do it using all these self-care techniques so it doesn't pound you down. You know, you need to feel your own strength, and sometimes empaths don't. They feel a sense of fragility or weakness. And what self-care will do in thriving as an empath is increase your sense of mastery and confidence in yourself, even if you didn't think you could stop absorbing emotions from other people. You can. You know, I am a testament to that. I don't always succeed all the time, but I do most of the time. And I keep growing and expanding and practicing these self-care techniques i'm going to take my book with me on my book tour because i'm going to need to read it you know to to stay in touch with the self-care techniques and i love the fact that you've got it as you know um dates you know one for each date but you also say that people can use the book by just opening you know randomly so-called randomly in quotes and say this this is what i need today and then identifying that and reading that and then adopting that self-care technique for that day Exactly. And don't overthink it. Just do it. You know, don't overthink it. Don't, you know, this isn't a mental exercise. It's about practicing a realignment in your body, mind, and spirit. It's not about overthinking. If you notice you're thinking too much, you know, take a breath, come back and and listen to your body and listen to your energy. Mm -hmm. And just, just practice. Even if you think you can't, just try because you can. I love this, Judith. And, um, I'm sorry this hour has flown by so quickly, but what you're sharing is so important. I want to say again, the events can be found at drjudithorloff.com, D-R-J-U-D-I-T-H-O-R-L-O-F-F.com. And for those of you in the Seattle area, you can register at eastwestbookshop.com. Judith, thanks so much for joining us here today, and I'm so grateful that you've got a new book out. Thank you for for all the impacts. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. Um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. If you want to share this, it will be on the archives on christineupchurch.com by the end of the weekend. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions. Thank you.